Joining me live in the studio, as he does every uh, Wednesday morning, the Lord Mayor of Darwin, Convat Scarless. Good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, listeners. What a beautiful day out there. It reminds me a bit of the drive. Uh, if Only you don't hotter. take into consideration the humidity. <laughs> You're spot on. At least we can see the sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's very true. And I hope it um, will last until Saturday. Yes, because, Con, we know uh, 80, the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Darwin commemorations. Um, it's going to be a big day on Saturday uh, down there at the Esplanade. What can we expect? Big things. We are going to have the Prime Minister up here, the Leader of the Opposition, the Governor-General, the Ambassador of Japan, the Ambassador of Timor-Leste, uh, Ambassadors from or representatives from Canada, England, and a number of other nations. And of course, thousands of people, I hope. Yeah. Hopefully the weather will stay like it is today. I've been when it's raining down heavily, but I've been to beautiful days, but it's always humid. Uh, among the guests this year will be a young man of 101 years only, Brian Winspear, who is one of the few survival uh, veterans who was here during the bombing of Darwin. Wow. And of course, there will be a lot of descendants of the civilians and the families they had to leave Darwin after the bombing. Mm. Uh, they were evacuated down south. And a lot of their names now are the civilian world, which is actually adjacent to the eternal flame. Yeah, there's no doubt it's going to be a um, an incredible morning. And like you said, a lot of dignitaries and no doubt a lot of Territorians down there to really um, remember those lives that were lost. Uh, the presence of so many dignitaries, it's important because because certainly would be transmitted throughout Australia. Yep. So a lot of people, they will finally know that actually Australia was attacked in 1942. Finally, they will know that bom the bombing took place in Darwin mm. and many other places in northern Australia. Because not many people know about bo Darwin. A lot of people know about Pearl Harbor, yep. but very few people or not the majority of people know about Darwin. It always astonishes me the way that, uh, like you said, they know a lot about Pearl Harbor, but don't seem to know much about the bombing of Darwin. Well, Katie, I was very surprised when I first came to Australia to find out. Actually, I didn't know anything about Darwin. Yeah. I found out later when I came to Darwin. But it was not in the curriculum, the history books. How people are going to know about what happened in Australia mm. if it's not in their books when they go to school? I know a lot about the European history and Second World War yep. because we're taught about it in high school. It seems here something went missing and Darwin was not mentioned in any of these books. So, Con, what exactly can people expect on Saturday? What time do things kick off and, and what can they expect? Well, we start around 9.30 because uh, we have the reenactment about 2 minutes to 10 when in um, 1942 the Japanese attacked Darwin for the first time um, because there were many, many um, uh, attacks followed after that. The uh, What expect the reenactment? Again, loud noises, the cannons, the machine guns, but most importantly remembering what happened here 80 years ago. And that shows a strong message to all Australians that we are not immune anymore. We are not an isolated island. If we were attacked in 1942 with that very old technology, it can happen again. So we should learn from the mistakes of the, back, of the past, not to be repeated in the future. Despite that the war was raging in our area, Darwin was ill-equipped, not many airplanes, not much equipment, a very ill-trained armed forces. Hopefully that is not happening now because I w I'm aware that we've got Tyndall, we've got mm. base Darwin, we've got the uh, Larrakia patrol base and a very co big contingent of defence forces. But we have to be always prepared. Mm. You never know what happens in this very unstable war world we live. Just look at Ukraine, 
and yeah. look at Taiwan. Yeah. Um, Con, I, I know that there's plenty of other things happening around the place at the moment, but one of the big announcements that was made earlier in the week, Sam Burke, the general manager of the Darwin Waterfront, had joined us on the show and um, had uh, had actually spoken to us about the proposal that they've got down there for the waterfront. Uh, it looks absolutely spectacular. Is this something that the council's supporting or does it compete with some of your plans? I was very pleased when Sam invited us to brief us about the waterfront and I was very proud to see that something that I started as a minister, now it's going to the second stage, going to be bigger and better. Uh, I love the design, I love the concept. If we're going to compete with other Australian cities as a destination, we have to have to have something to offer mm-hmm. uh, international and national um, tourists. We support it. We're very, very keen. I said to the chief minister, we're very, very happy to work with them. Um, by looking at it, I said, where are you going to park all the cars where all the people will come? And he said, well, that's a good idea. So, well, it's the right time. We're developing our civic center. Yep. Now, if we can work together, we can increase the parking space in the civic center area so people actually can park there and then can have a shuttle bus or they can walk down the waterfront. Yeah, right. sounds a really good idea. Yep. The other thing I said, well, you're developing the, the now the, um, the waterfront and you need money from the federal government. We have ready to go the um, Lamaru Coast, yeah. which then complements that area. So instead of having something very, very limited in the current small area. Mm-hmm. You have something that actually complements and you have people that can actually enjoy themselves, have a surf in the waterfront area, but then they can go and walk and, and so you have a dinner. Develop both. Exactly. And the funny thing is that I had already the public sector coming to me from interstate saying that they're very interested to work with the government and the council to put money to develop the Lamero Coast. So, right. So, so the we private can do sector both is already at the same time. And, I, and, you know, when you go to federal government, says, both the state government or the territory government and the council support this project, mm. it's more likely to get your money yeah. rather than just one group says we want the money. Yeah, well, look, I think that it sounds as though there's plenty happening around the place. Hey, Con, one of the uh, things that I have been meaning to ask you is I know that you're on the hunt for a new CEO as well. When does Scott finish up? It's finishing the day after the bombing of Darwin. Okay. He's a living town. Uh, we've got a Nidorim uh, CEO now, Simon Saunders, mm-hmm. and we already start the process to recruit the new CEO. The election, the selection committee is in place. Uh, recruitment agency have been engaged. From what I'm really pleased to tell you is that the recruitment agency told us the moment it became public that there was a vacancy for CEO in Darwin, they had lots and lots of phone calls from high-caliber candidates who they said they want to work in an innovative country like Darwin. Right, so you reckon uh, they're, they're banging on the door, they're ready to come to the territory? It looks like it. I'm looking forward to get the right person, man or woman, for the job. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's a great job. It's a great location. Uh, you can bring your family and live here. That it is a must, non-negotiable. And no fly-ins, fly-outs. And, of course, it will give you an innovative council with a lot of new ideas and big projects to happen in the next few years. Con, before I let you go, I know just very quickly um, those parklets. So that's something that we've seen around Darwin uh, over the dry season mostly. So those smaller areas that are sort of uh, taken up those car park spaces for a bit of El Fresco dining, depending on what business you've got around the city. Is that something that you're going to have again or kick off again? Yes, we are. We only saw one in front of the Good Thanks. Yes. Uh, the thing is that in other states like Perth, Fremantle, uh, in Queensland, there are a lot of parklets. What we did now, we went out for expression of interest for a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. We want to develop 
the same design so they don't look hotspot and they will manufacture them and then we list them to the companies and they can list them put in front of the car park yep their own car park space as long as a parallel car park. So just in one in one spot? Because what's going to happen if one shop's not happy or they don't want well, uh, that spot taken up? the reality up? is, if a shop is there that's got a parklet and people yep. come there for a fresco, the shops next to them will benefit. Mm. The more They will have more exposure. That's what happens down south. But you're not going to be able to take the spot in front of another shop, only in front of your shop. And it has to be nicely designed so it will look attractive, not... A picket fence. Yeah. Well, Convat Scarless, the Lord Mayor of Darwin, we are going to have to leave it there for today. Always good to catch up with you. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, well, not next week. I'm oh, going you're to away? take a little short well, holiday, but certainly I'll be the week after. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you again very soon.